Hey, it's Charlie. Welcome to episode 98 of the Your Time to Grow podcast. If you don't know me, I'm a certified personal and career coach who helps you minimise your doubts and maximise your potential. One of the things I hear most in coaching conversations is the desire to change career. In fact, according to change career statistics, the average person changes career five to seven times in their lifetime. I am on number four. I've been hearing the word pivot in relation to changing direction in your career or your business for a few years now. It's a phrase coined by Jenny Blake, who left Google as a career development program manager and launched her book, Pivot, The Only Book That Matters Is Your Next One. So it got me thinking, is career pivot another name for career change? Well, it turns out that a career pivot is more nuanced than a traditional career change where you might change a sector or industry completely. A career change might involve retraining or starting from scratch. A career pivot on the hand is on the other hand is a smaller change where you might have some experience already or you might be diving deeper into a particular area and focusing in on that rather than getting broader. It's all about the intention of moving in a new but related direction. And in her book, Jenny defines a career pivot as doubling down on what's working to make a purposeful shift in a new related direction. And she adds, it's an intentional, methodical process for nimbly navigating career changes. So why would you pivot? Well, as with any change, it can be triggered by all sorts of things from feeling bored at work to lacking energy and enthusiasm to get your work done. Maybe you've been turned down for a promotion or perhaps you've realised you're staying in the job only because of the pay or the title it offers, not because you love it. You may even have been suffering from imposter syndrome which, if that's true for you, go back to episode three of the Your Time to Grow podcast and listen to Everyone Else is Better Than Me, where I've done a whole uh, session on it. But for now, I wanted to think about why we change careers. So the truth is that most of us fall into our career without thinking about what we want or what we enjoy. We might finish school and start something or go on to university and then do something related to our degrees. But so many of us chose our degrees based on what someone else thought that we should do to begin with. I have so many conversations with people like, oh, yeah, my mum said that I should go and do the three sciences because it gave me more options. Or um, I should, you know, become a doctor because that's what the family, you know, that's what is done in my family or accountants. There's often families of accountants, actually. Um, But people follow like a a familial career path, Um, not because they want to and that's what they would choose but because that's what's expected of them and I think we make our uh, choices for university and our A-levels depending on I I know I have quite a lot of listeners across the world so like the choices that we make around 17, 18 are based on like who we are at that time. I know that I uh, I did my A-levels, um, so age like 17, 18. I did uh, chemistry, biology and physics. And I did that because I loved science and I I was good at it. Like I was, you know, like in the top uh, 5% of my class at school. Um, and I did it because I really enjoyed it. 
at the time and, and, and honestly I was good at it so that that was literally my thought process <laughs> and then I fluffed my A-levels and I uh, failed physics uh, I went back and resat it and just about passed it but only because it was a chemistry related question and I was much stronger at chemistry than I was at physics and um and then I went on to university and I went through the clearing process. And so I chose a degree again based on what I knew that I was good at so that the risk of failure was less. Um, and I didn't I happened to go to university age 21. Uh, and so I was that little bit more mature anyway. And so actually my de- my degree went really well and um, I yeah, I did well in it. But like 70% of other people, I now don't use that degree. So in one sense, we make these decisions about what we study and things and and what we do based on who we are at the time, like our maturity levels, what what expectations are placed upon us, what we kind of like doing, what we think we're good at, maybe what we're interested in. The reality is that most of us then don't use our degree. Um, And we go on and do other things because actually through our degree, we get transferable skills and we use those and we find out what we really like. And we can't try every job in the world, um, uh, obviously, but we can kind of get a better understanding of what we do and we don't like. So that leads us to kind of wake up at some point. and, And so my question would be, when did you last make a decision in your career that made you happy, that was just for you. And I'm I'm not saying don't take advice. Definitely, in fact, definitely do take advice. Uh, but what I am saying is that this is your career. And so you get to choose what it looks like, no matter where you are in this career process. So consider what it is that you want. Is it more balance? Is it a happier life? Do you want to use a skill that maybe you hide away or you don't get an opportunity to use? What does a career that excites you and that you love, what does that look like to you? And what does it feel like? You know, how do you feel when you get up in the morning? How do you feel when you come home from work? Um, and if and when you start to plan a pivot of your own, keep a particular word in mind. And that that word is intentional. So a pivot will take you out of your comfort zone. So you might feel a little uncomfortable, but you should always feel a sense of confidence in what you're doing. And if you don't know where to start or you need more help, then, you know, just get in touch because I can, I've got loads of resources that I can share with you or we can just jump on a, a call and have a chat. Um, to just kind of help you get some clarity uh, in your own mind. I find that talking things out loud either makes you go, oh, yeah, here's a glaring hole, or alternatively, oh, yeah, I know what I need to do next. Sometimes you just need to speak it out loud. Um, but given that the uh, topic of this podcast is career pivoting and, you know, are you planning it, um, I wanted to give you some things to consider before you do. So when it comes to developing your career, whether you're staying in the same role, you're pivoting or you're planning a major career change, first up, you need to do an audit. So there's four steps to this audit. The first is to consider what's good or bad about your career right now. 
you can use other words if you, you know, like what's, um, what's challenging, what's enjoyable, you know, whatever words you want to use, like what you like, what you don't like, which, and then off, off the back of that, which parts of your role would you like to continue is step two and which parts would you like to discontinue step three. And then that will give you a good idea of where you want to go. So the fourth part of the audit is to consider what you need to do to take that next step. Um, so if you've only got kind of like five minutes, then that would be a good starting point and just go with your gut reaction. Don't think too much about it. But if you have longer, then you can take a deep dive into um, these three areas. So the first is transferable skills. So as I've already mentioned, they're the things that we um, pick up in life and are transferred across different industries, jobs, even personal goals. So, for example, you might be a project manager and this skill could be used in any project management role, regardless of area, topic, and it could be um, paid or unpaid uh, opportunities. In contrast, you might have industry specific skills. So, for example, using a piece of software um, and or industry specific knowledge. These are the things people focus on and think that they can't change jobs. But in a career pivot, the skills and the knowledge you've gained in a particular role may still be useful and would be considered transferable. So, for example, if you've always worked in hospitality, but you're looking to pivot into an events role, you might look at events roles within the hospitality sector in the first instance. You could then look at events roles outside of your sector that use transferable skills. So consider how you can use the skills you already have and broaden them out so that you have more. And when you see your potential in terms of skills, not careers, it helps you spot the opportunities available to you. And it would be worth noting, in addition, if there are any gaps in your skill set and what you would need to do to close them or at least to start to close them. So not every employer wants you to have all the skills. They might say they do, but they're usually like there's some skills that they really want and others that they'd be willing to compromise on. Um, and in a in a big career change, people often say to me, but I've got to go and retrain in this thing. But that isn't always true. And even if you do go and retrain, uh, it doesn't always open the doors you think it's going to. So by looking at your transferable skills, you can make a quicker move, usually cheaper to yourself, cheaper to the company. Potentially, sometimes the company will pay for you to do any kind of additional qualifications. Um, and often it's uh, or let's go and have a chat with somebody over coffee and uh, talk about that particular gap. And then they might be able to give me information to close it or I could read a book or watch a video or listen to a podcast or do some research or whatever it is you need to go and do. Maybe you could go and volunteer in a role for a particular amount of time or shadow somebody. It doesn't always need to be lots of work. Um, and sometimes you don't even need to close that gap before you apply you just need to be aware that you have it sometimes pivoting into the new role will close the gap and so when they say to you well why do you want to work for us um or you know like what challenges do you think you have you can be really upfront and say um i have a gap in this knowledge uh and i'm working to closing it and this role would help me do that in addition to being able to offer blah de blah de blah so the other deeper area would be your strengths 
So when it comes to strengths, most people I speak with have a decent idea what they might be good at, even if they don't like to tell anyone. So these strengths might be part of your role already, or they might be something that you do outside your role, maybe in a voluntary role or as part of a hobby. Um, But if you really can't think of any strengths, then ask somebody you trust. They will tell you honestly what you're good at. And it's an easy ask because people like to tell others good news. So think about the following things. Um, What kind of positive feedback do I receive from others? When am I most productive? What am I passionate about? And when you know what your strengths are, consider which ones you already use at work and which aren't being fully used. Where else could you use them? And so a personal SWOT analysis is really uh, useful for this. And again, if you need uh, to understand that a bit more, then please get in touch. And the third area um, to really think about when you are considering a, a, a career pivot or a career change of any kind of variety is how do you add value? So when we're feeling disempowered or stressed in a job, it's easy to think that we're unimportant that we don't add anything more than anyone else would or could. And when I'm reviewing CVs or doing mock interviews, I often find people undervaluing themselves. In fact, I have done it many times before myself. It's a really easy trap to fall into. So how do you figure out how you add value? Well, um, by the end of this podcast, you'll have a a kind of... uh, like a map of things that you need to do. So if you go away and do them, hopefully you will have a list of transferable skills and a list of your strengths. So let's consider how you use in these the let's consider put my false teeth back in how you use these in your role to add value. So let's take a problem solver. If that's you, do you identify as a problem solver? What's a problem you solved recently? What specifically did you do and what was the outcome? How did that add value to your team or your company? So being a problem solver can add a competitive edge to a company or allow you to solve an issue more quickly, which leaves time to focus on something else. Maybe you are proactive and you show initiative. Maybe um, think about something you did without being asked. How did that benefit the team? Uh, How did your team perceive your actions and how did you help out? You could also ask other people. And uh, again, you know, people you trust who you think will give you honest answers and ask them, you know, how do I add value? Um, You know, uh, how could I add more value? Um, You know, what... What's the most valuable thing I bring to the team? You know, any kind of question like that that's going to just give you some information. Um, Because that will help you when you are feeling down, which inevitably happens in any role. We all have days where we don't feel like we contribute, where we feel disempowered. Um, And then it's coming back to those things and going, oh, it's okay because... I do add value, like I made a mistake today, but that isn't the end of my career um, and I can learn from it, that kind of thing. Uh, And what, you know, one of your, um, one of your strengths might be resilience and that can add value to the team because you recognise how 
you can grow from mistakes and how failure is part of the process and that helps the team move on. Maybe you motivate others or inspire others with, with that kind of thinking. So what can you do now to help you pivot in the future? So if it's, um, you know, not something you, you want now, uh, I wanted to give you uh, five questions to get you started for when it's time to make a plan. So what could prevent you from pivoting? So money, location, skills gaps, those kind of things. How could you overcome these barriers? How will you know when you're on the right track? What's important for you right now? What can you do now to take the first step? So whether you're making a smaller career pivot or a massive career change, um, using this career audit will help you make a plan and get started. Thank you so much for listening today. Remember to leave any comments or questions and I'll pop back and answer them. You can access all of my free resources, live videos, webinars and wisdom from the rest of the tribe through the LinkedIn group or the career management system I have. And if you need any help with any of this that we've talked about in the podcast today, I can help you make a plan, be a sounding board, help you identify your skills, your strengths and your values. Get in touch over at yourtimetogrow.com where you can book in to talk with me and let's get you to where you want to be. Join me back here next Tuesday for the next episode. Thank you.